Hello, teacher friends, and welcome to episode number six of the Beyond Measure podcast. My name is Christina Whitlock, and as I believe you probably know by now, this is a podcast for independent music teachers who need to feel a little bit more connection in our profession. We're going to jump right down to business today because, my friends, I've got a big statement to say today, and I'm a little nervous because I'm not entirely sure you're going to love it right away, but I'm going to beg that you hang in there with me for at least a few minutes before you turn this podcast off, okay? Deal. So, treasured friends of the internet, some of whom I know and many of whom I don't, (laughs) I have to tell you today that you are wrong. In fact, you are probably wrong about many things. I know it's hard to believe, but there is something somewhere in your circle of beliefs that you are not perceiving correctly. That could be an aspect of running a business That could be something rooted in your philosophy of teaching music. It could be something in the way you are perceiving dynamics with your studio families. But something somewhere in those realms is pretty much guaranteed to be different than you are currently believing it is. And rather than wallowing in the shame of just being wrong... Instead, I think we need to seek out opportunities to evaluate our wrongness (laughs) so that we can grow from that. And, of course, as our friend Maya Angelou once reminded us, when we know better, we can do better. So let's all move forward in agreement that there is something in this life that you are not perceiving correctly. And the good news is, I am right there with you. And so is your neighbor, so are your students, so are their parents, and so is every other person I could ever begin to name. So, okay, you're probably wondering, what on earth is her point? (laughs) I know that we're already feeling kind of down this year, and now I've just come along and given you a quick uh, kick to the gut, right? (laughs) Well, friends, as usual, I want us to take comfort in solidarity. We are all in the same boat. There is no human among us who has all the right answers. So if you find yourself in a season where you are exhausted, you know, trying to make all the right choices and do all the right things and say all the right things and be all the right things, you can lay that down, my friends. (laughs) That cloak of perfection is not made for any of us. Again, We've already determined that we are all wrong about something or some things. So I think the most important question you can ask yourself today is, what might I be wrong about? Hmm, what might I be wrong about today? Well, 
That's a tough question to answer because as the age old truth goes, you never know what you don't know. (laughs) That's one that zings me all the time. (laughs) But I also realize that if you are a music teacher listening to this podcast, you probably care about becoming a better educator and hopefully a better human in the process. And in that regard, I do think there are some mental red flags we can train ourselves to look out for as we're processing our business decisions and relationship decisions and all of those multi-tiered dynamics that go into music teaching. The first red flag I have to suggest is one that comes with a careful study of your internal dialogue. So if you're anything like me, I tend to carry a pretty lively internal set of thoughts. (laughs) And sometimes I will find myself fixating on certain themes and in my mind I'll find myself crafting like the perfect argument to, you know, quote unquote, win my approach to thinking on a certain issue. And If I find myself doing that, oftentimes hindsight has proven that I am actually working way too hard to try and convince myself that I am indeed on the right side of things. So let me give you an example. Travel back in time with me, if you will, to the year 2000. Now, in the year 2000, I was 17 years old and I was preparing to graduate high school. And along with our diplomas, we were given these really nice portfolios that contained documents that we had to create leading up to graduation. So the portfolio contained things like a resume, a list of references, you know, a personal reflection essay that we wrote that basically discussed our career ambitions and our strengths and those types of things. Well, I happened upon that portfolio a few years ago, and I could not believe what I had written at 17 years old in that reflection essay. First of all, this is very true to form. I'm pretty sure most of my classmates probably wrote like three paragraphs, and I presented like a solid four pages in which I described at great length all the reasons I was better suited to be a performer and not a teacher. That I was an okay teacher, I did it fine, but I was destined to be a concert pianist. This is humorous for many reasons, but first and foremost, because I was very clearly trying to talk myself out of what I knew in my heart to be true, and I was fighting with every ounce of my being to defend this decision to be a performer and not a teacher. And I didn't have a single person in my life who was trying to tell me I had to be a piano teacher. And yet you would think that I was on the debate team with this well-crafted argument (laughs) for why I was destined to be a performer. Of course, it's also funny because it's just not true. I was so wrong. Hear me, I think my performance skills are certainly more than adequate. I bring lots of positive aspects to the performance realm, but 
On the contrary, I am a teacher through and through, fully down deep into my bones. If I wasn't teaching piano, I would be teaching something because it's just who I am. And so when I read that essay in my present day life, I just was overwhelmed with this desire to go back and look at my 17-year-old self in the eye and tell her that clearly she was working way too hard, (laughs) unnecessarily so, to rationalize this decision she was making and to argue these points with no one because no one was actually on the other side. And I would ask her, you know, why are you perseverating over this? (laughs) And I believe the fruit of that conversation would probably result in my younger self realizing that I was buying in to that really dangerous lie that those who can't play just teach right? I'm sure you've heard something along those lines, but something insinuating that teaching music is in some way settling for less than the ultimate performance experience, right? And of course, I do not believe that to be true in any way. Um, I believe my life as a teacher is infinitely more satisfying and fulfilling than it would have been had I somehow found myself into some magical performance career, which we all know really doesn't exist anyway. So really quick, I'll share with you one more example of a similar internal dialogue that should have been a red flag to something else. (laughs) So as I've mentioned before, I am currently in my 24th year of piano teaching, and for a good chunk of those early years, I charged, like some of you, per lesson. And I started to become aware of all of the business gurus and powers that be (laughs) that were starting to advise studio owners to instead switch to a tuition-based plan, whether you're charging monthly or semester uh, by semester or what have you. We're not going to get into the weeds of those concepts today. But anyway, I know for probably a solid three years, I was vehemently opposed to abandoning my paying by the lesson scenario. And it's so humorous to me because I've been charging uh, flat rate tuition for at least the last five years. And we are all so much happier. (laughs) So again, in hindsight, I think I would ask myself why I was so drastically opposed to moving to that system. And I'm not even positive at this point what my rationale would have been. But the very fact that I spent so much time spinning it around inside my brain, I think is an indicator that I probably wanted to make the change all along, and something erroneous was just holding me back. Okay, so all that to say, red flag number one, pay attention to the arguments you are waging in your head. (laughs) What are you fighting for inside that mind of yours right now? And what might you be wrong about in that argument? Red flag number two, pay attention to the absolutes that you are putting on your business or on your life. 
So we all know there are only two certain things in life, right? Death and taxes. (laughs) But actually... You know, one of the most wonderful things about being independent business owners is we get to decide what standards we enforce and what approaches we take and what we're willing to deal with and what we're not willing to deal with. And again, that's a great aspect of the job, but it also places a lot of decisions on our laps. And wherever decisions are found, there is also the possibility of being wrong. Let me name a few absolutes that I find common in the music teaching field. So for the piano teachers out there, a lot of teachers feel strongly that they will not teach a student who does not have an acoustic instrument in their home. This debate over whether or not electronic pianos or keyboards are acceptable or if acoustic is the only way to go, these get pretty rampant online if you've ever witnessed one of those arguments. (laughs) I'm not going to claim a side on any of these things. I'm just here to present the options. As independent music teachers, we need to make up our minds on whether or not makeup lessons are options, or if there are conditions for makeup lessons, or if we offer zero makeup lessons. We also get to decide if we are going to use an eclectic approach when it comes to philosophies and method series, or if we are going to go all in on one particular approach. So I'm thinking like Edwin Gordon's music learning theory, or Suzuki, or Irina Gorin's Tales of a Musical Journey. Um, I know a lot of music teachers who go hook, line, and sinker all in one boat, and Of course, there's lots of brilliant ideas to be found in each of those theories. So you have to decide, are you all in or do you dabble in lots of other things? To work in a very different direction, I'm going to ask you to fill in this blank, okay? Are you ready? I don't have time for what? (laughs) What do you tell yourself immediately? I don't have time for That, my friend, is a different kind of absolute. Whatever you just told yourself is a truth that you are operating under in this moment. And it may or may not be true. I just think it probably deserves a little soul searching, don't you? Here's the deal about absolutes. The truth is, they're really great. As long as they are actually helping you fulfill the philosophy that you have in regards to your studios. So I think it would warrant your attention today to sit down for a few minutes and just think about any absolutes you operate under when it comes to your business or to your life. These kinds of parameters can help us narrow our ideal client bases, which can be a great thing for your business. The trick is we have to, again, identify what these principles are that we're working under and then ask ourselves the big question of the day, which is, is there anything here that I might be wrong about? As we prepare to wrap up episode number six here, I will ask that question one more time. What might I be wrong about today? (music) 
as per usual, if you happen to be enjoying a beverage alongside this podcast, I will offer you the chance to raise it now as I offer a toast to you. Cheers, my music teacher friends of the world. You are my wise, brilliant, innovative friends who know so many things about music and the world around you but who can't possibly know all things or be all things to all people. As independent music teachers, we carry big burdens. You know, we're often tasked with all things curriculum development, as well as administrative and marketing tasks, and you know, the list goes on and on. It is okay not to know it all. Let's just resolve to make progress, shall we? If you've been feeling extra weight on your shoulders as you try to navigate this year without making a single mistake, I hope you can take heart that no one is accomplishing that goal. (laughs) And you are in terrific, intelligent, and yet very flawed company. (laughs) I find it so interesting that we as humans spend so much time questioning what is right but we spend very little time wondering what we're wrong about. May you take courage today to boldly listen to your internal dialogue, define your absolutes, and do a good old-fashioned soul search for areas of potential wrongness. (laughs) I'm right here with you, friends, and I raise my glass to you as you pursue better things for yourself, for your students, and for your families. Cheers to you, my music teacher friends. Thank you so much, my friends, for allowing me to prod you with these questions today. (laughs) Thanks for humoring me in our deep soul search of the week. So I know we're all getting ready to figure out what it feels like to go through the holiday season during a pandemic, and maybe you're starting to feel the anxiousness start to bubble up inside of you, and I just want to remind you that your music teacher friends are there for you all over the world. So if you do not have a way to connect with other music teachers, I very strongly suggest you find a way to do so, whether that's online or in person with local associations. And if nothing else, be sure to come find me at Beyond Measure Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Thank you so much. I hope you still love me after I've asked you big questions today. And uh, if nothing else, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Have a great day.